This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good. We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the 2022 season. That is going to be a touchdown. Taysom Hill. Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! All right, Saints fans, Inside Black and Gold. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak on a postseason edition, but not quite playoffs for the Saints finishing the year. We know 7-10. and 10. The hot talk of the offseason really hasn't been too much surrounding players right now, Jeff. It's been all about head coaches, former head coaches, and assistants. It's the offseason. Yay. (laughs) Yes. So that's what today's episode is going to be about. It's going to be all about the coaching. We're not really going to be really talking about players so much as where is Sean Payton going to land and what is he looking at? What are some Saints assistant coaches looking at in terms of getting interviews and why are they able to interview for their job at all? based on the NFL rules. We'll get into that. And then, you know, it's it's going to be a question of what can the Saints get back for Sean Payton? So we're going to get into that as well. But the first things first is yes. I have been trying to just not talk about Sean Payton over the last several weeks of the season because I'm just exhausted about it. Like It feels like we've been talking about it every week, every episode. We've mentioned Sean Payton, Sean Payton, Sean Payton, Sean Payton. Now we have to talk about it because this is the part of the season where we find out if – the Saints actually get anything for him. And there was a question all year of how many teams would be involved in potentially wanting him, right? Like that was always up in the air of like, we think that we know what other teams see the value of in Sean Payton. But that was always kind of a guess, right? Like there's the meme out how like, oh, he has the same credentials as Mike McCarthy and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, do other teams think that? Or do other teams kind of, see the value of bringing in a Sean Payton and and thus would be willing to shell out assets and to worsen their own incoming assets to bring in Sean Payton. Now, I think we have a pretty clear answer because there are already four teams that are planning to interview Sean Payton, and that is the Houston Texans, who apparently have already done it, the right. Denver Broncos, the Arizona Cardinals, and the Carolina Panthers. 
And that seems like it's going to be it. We, you might get the Chargers in there, but it would be really out of character for that for that franchise. We'll we'll find out. But yeah, so I mean, these teams would not be interviewing Sean Payton if they weren't seriously considering trading for him. And so that's already a win for the Saints, in my opinion. Yeah, and the Chargers seem to have made some decisions with their offensive coordinators and another assistant coach over there. Yeah. So it seems like Staley is pretty safe, surprisingly, I guess, because that it seemed, I think, to all Saints fans, too, like a perfect fit, obviously, of Sean getting to go out west, coach with that young gun quarterback, and obviously out of the AFC, too. The the biggest one for me on this Saints list, I guess you could say for the for Sean Payton, also the assistant coach, defensive coordinator, is you're looking at the Carolina Panthers looking to become possibly your next, you know, a la Saints franchise. You know, I could see them trying to make a, a ginormous move like this, even though I would have to imagine that the the asking price to stay within the division's gotta be more for for Sean, huh? Yeah, and I'm not sure that it's worth it for a team that doesn't have a quarterback and doesn't have a pick. Like the Texans, for example, you can sell. And we're going to get more into the Texans, but like you could sell it as like, yeah, we don't have a quarterback, but we do have a pick where you can go get a quarterback. Absolutely, the, the right. The Panthers have not, the nine. So like maybe you can get a quarterback. That you, <laughs> like you can get a quarterback, but it's, you don't guarantee you get the one that you want. And Sean's not going to be able to know if that's the case. So it's like, that's a lot. Anyway, well, we, can, we can get into that. But so the Chargers, I don't think that you would go the route of firing your offensive coordinator and doing all that and then firing the head coach because... Big swoop you would do it in. Well, I mean, firing the head coach would basically mean you're firing the offensive coordinator. Like you you wouldn't do it in reverse because why would you just, why would you just accept unnecessary violence <laughs> just to do it anyway, right? Like, so if the if the Saints hot fire Dennis Allen, you would assume that his staff is going with him. Like, that's what the Panthers did with Steve, with the Matt Rule. And then, so you, obviously you get rid of the coordinators and blah, blah, blah. And that's why the Panthers have an open defensive coordinator position right now. But it, it is strange. And the only concern I have with the Chargers not firing Brandon Staley if they don't, is that if that really is the one place Sean wants, and he's like, you know what, I'll wait, because I have a feeling one more year of this, and they will be ready to fire Brandon Staley, and none of these other teams just make, like, really, really just make him want to get back into coaching and he waits another year because and sean said this and it's definitely true if he sits out another year compensation will go down like it will because when you're talking about a head coach and this was some confusion on this front when you're talking about a head coach's contract it's not like a player contract right so like if a player sits out and doesn't get accrued time the contract does not like validate that year as being under that contract that's not true of head coaches from what i understand so like he could potentially just stay out for two more years and then just come back and sign somewhere else. So the Saints know that. Other teams know that. Sean knows that. So he has a lot more control in this kind of negotiation than I think a lot of people realize because he has the poison pill <laughs> at any point. So like people are like, well, why the Saints can play hardball. They can hold out. It's like, no, they can't. Because A, Sean gets to decide whether he comes back to coach or not. 
And B, Sean has to live with the assets that remain once he gets there. <laughs> so don't don't fool yourself into thinking that it's just the team trading and the and the Saints kind of coming up with the with the number. Like Sean, if he wants to go to the Cardinals and he's like, I'm not going there unless they have the number three pick, the Cardinals aren't gonna trade the number three pick. So like it's that is a part of it. Well, the thing too, which you know, you start to look at for Sean's choices right now. What's really the most attractive for you as a head coach? Do you want to try and salvage things with Kyler Murray? Do you think that Russell Wilson just had a really down year there in Denver and you can still kind of work with him and get him back to being Mr. Unlimited that he thinks he is? Uh, in Houston, you have the opportunity, obviously, to you bring in a vet and also – likely draft your quote-unquote quarterback of the future and then yeah carolina is really a mixed bag is this does he does he try and work with sam darnold i think that would still be an you know something on the table but i would think you sean's still going to want to go after a quarterback as well there the the one that i'm really perplexed with the chargers not pulling the trigger with staley after such a terrible loss, obviously, in the playoffs. We, you know, you you saw that just completely collapse. And you would think with Sean Payton on the market, knowing how it seems to be like it, all the, the stars seem to be lining up there of where he wanted to go coach in a situation with a young top quarterback that you know is more established than somebody that would be coming in. And Sean getting to be out on the West Coast and the the, the organization of the Chargers really needing some kind of a, a voice of direction, of some kind of leadership that Sean also provides. It's more than just the head coach. It's also the man. And I think you know that, too. It's just his whole – that Sean Payton persona he brings somewhere. Right. Well, I think, like, you can look around the NFL and you can see examples of why teams should be willing to shell out to bring him in. I mean, look at the Giants. Right, like this is a team that was rudderless, virtually the same roster. Like nothing has really changed. Same quarterback, same running back, same same general build on defense. Less playmakers on offense, and suddenly, hey, they're in the divisional round of the playoffs. And it's like, well, what's the difference? Well, you bring in Brian Dable, who is able to kind of turn on Daniel Jones to the, the to what he needs to be, and suddenly this is a team that's not only playing well, it's playing fundamentally sound it's not making stupid mistakes they're like the giants won that game they went to minnesota and they beat a, game, a team that probably didn't deserve to be 13 and 4 not only because they played well but because they played pretty much a perfect game of football in a, at a moment when they needed to play a perfect game of football and you look at other coach and the coaching staff and you're like yeah this team is constantly making mistakes they look stupid they, they look they look like they don't understand what they're doing right you have an opportunity to run for a first down and you go out one yard short i get it your knees blowing up but it can't happen right you can't have all these penalties you can't have all these turnovers you can't fail to force turnovers and so it's like yeah that does it's like hard to say oh well oh the head coach is this and the head coach is that but there is a culture element that you can instill and you can easily find when you're talking about a good head coaching regime. And that's not always the same though, right? Like you look up at, at new England right now and you're like, okay, we know the head coach is good. Like no one's questioning whether Bill Belichick is a head coach. So why is this team struggling? Why is this team missed the playoffs two years in a row? Right? So yeah, you have to kind of actually, I don't know if they missed it two years in a row. I can't remember if they snuck in last year, but you know, it's not always just a, a one hit fix, but 
if you're a team that feels like you have all of the pieces and you are just not getting to that point, I don't know why you wouldn't make that, make that, um, make pull that trigger. And, but this is the Chargers, right? Like this is the Chargers, so we shouldn't be surprised. It just seemed know. like too good of a situation for everyone right now. Is is it really going to change much going into next year? Except you've just wasted another season of Justin Herbert, possibly. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Right. No, I, I, agree, I agree with that. You're preaching to the choir, right? I, I get it. <laughs> It, it's just but, odd to me, the whole situation yeah. with the Chargers. It's You can say it's odd, but it is on brand, right? Like, <laughs> this isn't something that should be unexpected for the Chargers. And we are on the opposite side of that, where we are trying to say, well, why wouldn't they do that, right? And they are on the side of it saying, why would we? Like, we are trying to find reasons not to disrupt everything that we have and fix things. It's very similar to what the Saints are doing right now. Right, could you, like, so could like, you ever imagine Sean Payton handing Boza his helmet and then Boza slamming the helmet again on the, on the turf? It just no. seemed seemed to me a lack of respect for the coach right there, right off the bat. Maybe you read too much into things. I don't know. No, I mean, I, I agree with you, but we don't need to sit here and talk about the charges. Let's talk about the kind of... So I guess the question to me is like, okay, so those are the four teams that, that we have, right? And so I think everyone was under the assumption that Sean Payton couldn't interview until like today or tomorrow. I thought that too. The Texans came out and tweeted, Hey, we interviewed (laughs) Sean Payton, which is weird in and of itself. I don't know. You know, like usually it's reported. So-and-so interviewed Sean Payton. It's, it's like, it's weird that a team would, would post that for clout. Cause like, what if he says, I don't want to coach for you. And then they're like, Oh, but we talked to you. Does that make us anyway? Strange. They they put out a whole nother tweet too, with all his alcohol, uh, his, you know, his, Career achievements, kind of thing. Yeah, that's it, a strange organization. I don't quite understand it. <laughs> it's like, but, all right, cool, yeah. cool. So, you interviewed him. And the thing is, like, the schedule for when you could interview was always kind of up in the air. And I don't know whether they jumped the gun or whether the the initial dates that people had put out there were inaccurate. Who cares, really? It doesn't really change anything. But it's Denver Tuesday, Carolina Thursday, right? Yeah the other the other team should kind of be start like lining up throughout the course of this week and maybe next week. And the question is, are those the all of the teams, right? The Colts have reportedly called the Saints and maybe like asked for like, okay, what are you looking for? Blah, blah, blah. But they didn't, at, they didn't get moved on to the interview phase, which based on what Mickey Loomis said is because they didn't ask. Because when, he, when Mickey Loomis was asked whether any teams have been declined, he said, quote, unquote, not yet which is his fun new way of not answering your questions. Uh, Cause he also said, have, have any front office staff been asked to interview for GM? He said, not yet. So cool. But it does mean that like the Colts didn't get declined. They just didn't ask. He didn't indicate whether if they did ask, they would be accept- they would be moved along. I don't know why they wouldn't be, but I think that's a good indicator of like, okay, we don't anticipate any more teams being included here 
I, you know, Mike McCarthy was the other name that you could say, well, if his team lays an egg in the playoffs, he might get fired. But they obviously did not do that. They blew out the Bucks and did it in very, very impressive fashion outside of the extra points, <laughs> which Brett Maher, I don't know what the hell's wrong with him. It's like he was still playing for, and he couldn't have been still playing for the Saints because if he was playing for the Saints, they would want to make those kicks. I have never, ever, ever seen a guy miss four consecutive extra points. I don't think it's ever happened. And the crazy thing is they sent him out there for a fifth, and he made it. <laughs> yeah. At no point was it like, you know what, maybe that two-point conversion is looking good. Yeah. At some point, it's not his fault. It's your fault. It's like I think Brian Kelly said something like this earlier in the season. It's kind of like old coaching trope. It's like, it's like I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at me for putting you on the field. <laughs> it's my <Right>. fault. <laughs> And uh, yeah, they kept putting him out there. But it was funny because there was a point that the game was not over. And the the Cowboys had a chance to kick like a 35-yard field goal. And instead, they went for it on fourth and four. And they scored a touchdown on that play. And it's funny to me because if they did not get a first down there and they turned it over, he would have effectively cost them a touchdown. Because he missed four extra points and then they skipped a field goal. And then if you turn it over there, that's on the kicker. The only reason you didn't kick it was because you didn't trust him. And so, like, that would have been a touchdown in a game where maybe the, the Bucks come back and make it interesting. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, I've never seen it. Anyway, moving on. We don't need to do that. But, like, Mike McCarthy's not going to get fired after that performance. They're going to have to go play on a short week against the 49ers, which I think is ridiculous just so the, the NFL can have a Monday night game. I'm so glad that their cash grab game was unwatchable because what a stupid thing. In a playoff game between two teams that didn't get buys, the Cowboys now have to go on the road and face a 49ers team that played on Saturday. Yeah, we're lucky this the Saints aren't involved in this because it'd be a huge NFL. Oh, I'd be conspiracy. so annoyed if that was the Saints. Yeah. I, like the Saints wouldn't have beat the Cowboys, but no, I think we created at halftime. I was like, this sucks. Should be the Saints losing 18 to nothing right now. Yeah, and I think with what we saw with the Saints too much was the fact that they had moments where they looked like a contender, but for the most part, couldn't execute on that level consistently. Yeah, and so, and that's kind of what 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 Sean said, and that's a good point. Is like when he was talking to Colin Cowherd, and he was saying like, you know, like a lot of teams that are looking for a head coach, they're not going to be a good situation. Like you don't fire your head coach because things are going well; you fire them because things are going badly. And that's why the Chargers were kind of a unique situation because it was like, oh, this team, this is a team that things are going reasonably well for. And so if there is an opening, you can jump in and just be like, right, straight up. And the same thing could be said for maybe the Cowboys, but it doesn't look like either of those are going to come available. So the next question is like, okay, who is your next best option? And again, as I said, Sean Payton is going to be able to drive this process to to the team that he wants. And so then the Saints are going to basically set a level of compensation and say, if you meet this, you can trade for him. And then go from there. Like this isn't going to be a hardball situation because of what we talked about before. And so what Colin, Colin asked Sean about the Texans specifically, and here's what he had to say. I think I know the ownership group not re- very well, but we practiced against the Texans okay. in New Orleans four or five different times. So um, Cal McNair, his his late father, um, we we'd see them, and so I don't I don't know him well, but I but I know them. We've we've you know, when you when you practice for three days with an opponent, you, you get a chance to meet a lot of the different personalities and people involved in the building. Um, they've got really good draft capital. 
really good draft couple capital. Good, couple good young players. They're in a division that you can at least look at and say, all right, Indy, Tennessee, Jacksonville is nothing. But you, you can at least, all right, how do we? So I, I think there's growth potential immediately there from their two or three wins that they had this year. Um, I know Nick a little bit, Casario, mm-hmm. um, because, again, when he was in New England, we had a lot of practices with with their team. So each each team would be just like we're having that discussion. There'd be pros and that that's the significance though of the upcoming week or two of meeting mm-hmm. some of these individuals, asking some questions, maybe some difficult questions. And 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 trying to get answers so that we're not having difficult questions when you've already taken the job. I think one of the questions is, well, will Sean go somewhere where they don't have an established franchise quarterback? And only two teams on this list of teams I want to interview him can say they do. And that's the Broncos with Russell Wilson and the Cardinals with Kyler Murray. Neither of those players is like a slam dunk. Yes, this is a quarterback that you would bend over backwards to try to coach. Kyler Murray's coming off a season ending injury. He really likes to play Call of Duty. And I, I just don't know if, if he's an NFL quarterback. Russ had the worst season of his career. <laughs> um, he's on the wrong side of 30. He, you know, he's, he's weird. Uh, like, I, I don't know. So it seemed to, and I know it's not really fair either. The fact that a ton of negative stories just seemed to pile up about his attitude and demeanor over his time in Seattle, of course, on the oh, way out. Russ. Yeah. And well, it, that's it, true for us and Kyler. They're very similar in that regard. They're both short and, you know, <laughs> they're very similar quarterbacks in the, in the sense that like, you know, you have to tailor an offense around the fact that they can't see over the the line. And, you know, if you had to have a coach to come in who understands how to do that, it's Sean, right? So, like, I get it. It makes sense. But at the same time, if you didn't have to do that, and this is what I've said before, is if you are looking for a immediate title window where you might win a Super Bowl in the next three years and have a really good chance to do it, it would be one of those teams, Right. Where, but but after that, you're talking about a hard rebuild. At least with the with the Broncos, definitely the Cardinals. Eh, it's a little tougher. But like, if you are looking for a situation where you might have a decade long run of sustained success, then it's probably Houston, right? And so that's why they're, when I they're a nice clean slate, kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, Sean even right. mentioned a the clean slate, all a the ton assets of draft they have. assets, right? And and like you're going to be able to basically create the staff that you want. There's no bad habits because no one's around to have them because you're cleaning house. They already got rid of that weird chaplain guy. And yeah, so like it's if I'm the Saints and I am hearing Sean go out there and basically talk himself, basically sell the Texans to himself, I'm I'm on all for it. And I'm I'm Mickey saying, good idea, Sean. Let's let's see. Let me know how the interview goes. Uh, because that's the place I want him to land. And we can get into more of the competition in the next segment, but I, I think that. That's a significant thing to hear him say. And it's it's interesting to see have him be so transparent about this process because I, I don't think the Saints would be this transparent. No, and I wonder, is that like part of his gig because he's with Fox that, you know, Colin gets him to sit down with him so easily because it just seems, it yeah. yeah, it seems off Sean character to even be discussing this right now. He's not a coach right now. I think he's, I almost feel like he's been out of the coaching sphere long enough that he's that his filter is is off to an extent, right? And so he's in analysis mode, and he's not even thinking about like the competitive balance of what he's saying. He's just talking, 
And that's why you're getting these very candid interview responses that you would not get from the Saints, from the Texans, right? But he's not in, he's not involved with either of them. So he can just say whatever he wants. And the second he gets hired to a job, that like mask is going to come right back on. <laughs> you're not going to get anything from him. <laughs> but besides the whole back with the Texans too and them bragging about their interview, why, why even put that out there kind of thing? It seems like you're definitely helping the Saints out you know, and making Sean look even more attractive than he already is as the asset, as a as a coach, a leader, a guy that you talk about with a Super Bowl window that you obviously open immediately by bringing him in. I don't know. The, you got to understand, the Texans don't have a lot of good things going for them. <laughs> this is the best thing that's happened to them in like three seasons, is, is Sean agreeing to come talk to them. So they're excited. They're excited. No, for, considering what happened, obviously, with Deshaun Watson and, and – yeah. And just in general, it would be an amazing, like you talk about wiping the slate, the slate clean. It'd be amazing for them if just bringing in a guy like Sean Payton, drafting, you know, a top quarterback in the NFL draft and just restarting really anew. I'm sure the organization went through a lot of hell. Yeah, like I think that if the Texans were the only team involved they wouldn't be making this trade today. And if he was a free agent, they would be going harder than anyone to sign him. Like, he, they're the one team that I look at that, like, there's no question whether they would give up the assets, right? Like, the only question is whether Sean would choose them. Exactly. So that's why you put out that post, because you want Sean to see it. And you want your fans to see it and start retweeting and say, please, bring in Sean. We want Sean. We want Sean. So that Sean sees it. And then Sean's like, oh, they love me. They really love me. And so that's why you're doing it, right? It's not a competitive balance thing. They are they are very much putting their cards on the table. And it's just a question of whether Sean picks them. So that's what I think is going on there. It's funny if it ends up being Houston over Dallas kind of thing in the end. Right. Okay, so let's, let's cut that off there. And we're going to come back in segment two. We're going to have a quick segment on what is the type of compensation they could get. Sean, again, give a very candid response on this. Um, and, uh, it, and it very much sounds like he's driving that discussion. Uh, so stick around on Inside Black and Gold. 